welcome to the Unfiltered Femme Podcast, your new world to get the lowdown on all things pleasure, sexuality, the mysterious female body, dating, relationships, and everything you need to know to step into your most unfiltered, unapologetic, empowered, and turned on self. I'm Steph Morris, a love, sex, and intimacy coach, and along with some incredibly fabulous guests, I'm here to spill the tea on those topics that are typically hush-hush, the juicy things that you want to know all about that have maybe been a little bit too shy to talk about. Think of me as your fearless guide and partner in crime, creating a space for the unfiltered, the raw, the authentic chats where nothing is off limits and there's no such thing as too much. The Unfiltered Femme podcast is all about breaking down those walls and celebrating what it means to be an unfiltered feminine being. I hope you're ready for a wild ride. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited for today's episode. I have an amazing guest who I have connected with through an incredible Vita certification that I did around love, sex, and relationships. So today I am joined by Anne Bland, who is a tantric sex and relationship coach. So you know we are going to be getting juicy and into all of the amazing topics around tantra, relationships, sacred sex, and intimacy. So Anne, welcome to the Unfiltered Fam podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. And thank you so much for inviting me. And it's so funny, you know, every time people introduce me because I'm Finnish, so I pronounce it Anne Bland. And, oh. and lots of my friends say Bland Anne. Hell no. <laughs> Bland by name, but not by nature. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I love that. Like literally couldn't be more of an oxymoron to the work that you do. That's absolutely amazing. And sorry for the incorrect pronunciation of your name there. I should have got that correct. No, don't worry about it. I lived in the UK for 16 years, so Anne Bland is fine. (laughs) (laughs) But not accurate to the work that you do. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and share a little bit about your journey. How did you become a tantric sex and relationship coach. What led you to doing this work today? Oh, wow. That's a, I try to be very succinct, but let's say 15 years ago, everybody thought that I had everything. And having been raised as a woman in Finland in a Nordic country where everybody is equal and you can have it all and it's all just normal. I had a beautiful family, beautiful house, eco house in the country. I had a political career. I was running for the EU. I had a consultancy business, CEO of, I had animals, dogs and sheep and turkeys. And outside, when you look at it, it looks beautiful and perfect and blah, blah, blah. Until it all came tumbling down and I burned out. And in the same kind of (laughs) tornado or whatever, I don't know, maybe it's just a stillness in the storm. All of a sudden, everything just stopped. And I decided to divorce my husband and I resigned from politics. I didn't have a business anymore because my husband, ex-husband took it away with him and I had my beautiful children, my beautiful house and the animals and just me, which felt like a shell, mm. hollow, you know, if you've ever burned out, it's a hell of a shitty place to be. I don't know if we're allowed to swear here. For sure. <laughs> oh my goodness, I need to take a bit of a breather. It's, it's, what I really realized then was that one thing that I missed in my life was pleasure. There is this, when I graduated from my sex, love and relationship coaching, I decided that my brand is called Be Selfishly Happy You. Mm. And, And I thought, 
wow, that's very interesting because Facebook just threw a, a post from that time when I was burning out and I resigned from the politics. And there was this headline from a news, newspaper cutting I'd posted to the Facebook to let people know that I've actually changed a lot about my life. And it said, Anne Bland resigns. It's unfinished. Anne Bland resigns and wants to become a selfishly happy woman. And I thought, Bloody hell, what, what does that mean? You know, years before I even knew anything about Tantra, sex, love and relationship in, in terms of my new retraining, I'd already decided in my subconscious that this is what I want to become. This is who I am. I want to learn to have healthy, selfie, you know, healthy selfishness. See mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. becoming more of me, not less of me. You know, having that selfhood, that self-fulfilling awareness and mastery and expression which I felt that I was just all the time serving everybody else whether it's my family you know for my friends my nation my party my planet you know but where is me in all that Mm. and kind of realizing that pleasure is that figurative oxygen mask that Mm. we need to put on ourselves first and foremost before helping others as they say on airplanes so that became my brand and wow. yeah, and I thought, you know, healing is bloody hard work. So let's have some pleasure as well. I love that. That's incredible. And I love the the brand Selfishly Happy. Like how powerful is that for women to be mm. given that permission slip that it's not even selfish, but the reclaiming of those two words together is so powerful because as women, it's ingrained in us that we are serving other people and we're always doing things for other people and not taking that time for ourselves. So I think that's really beautiful and incredible brand name. That alone is a permission slip for women that is really needed. And it's incredible to go from a political career to the work that you're doing to now. Now, what did that look like? Like, how did you go from that? And if you're open to speaking, what does some of those symptoms even look like around burnout? How are you, were you connected to your body? Did you have a good sex life. What did that, what was the reality of life then? (laughs) Sexless marriage for years and kind of driving on adrenaline. I think that's what it was. I mean, when you have a mission and purpose, it's easy to just go for it. And I had a minute time scheduled by minute and people used to say that, okay, she's going to be late. Everybody knew I was always going to be late for everything. You know, there was no grounding. There was no presence. There was no, there was focus, a lot of, hell of a lot of focus. And I had a mission. I needed to save this planet for my children, you know, for goodness sake. I I can't allow mankind to just erase this beautiful planet. So as a green politician in a country where we were in government, it was a big ask. It was a big task I put on myself and then realizing that actually no you know I remember when I started dating again and um, and I, I went to the gynecologist and I said do you know what there's something really weird happening down there it's like there's some white fluff coming out and I said oh if you haven't had any um, sex for years and you haven't you know used a wand or a, a vibrator or, or any anything else inside there of course it's a little bit cobwebby and <laughs> It's just dead cells where I was shredding dead cells from my vagina. I mean, I was kind of, this is bizarre. I need to keep this place up and running on a regular practice of pleasure. And that's why I feel 
that pleasure is our birthright. It's everybody's mm. birthright. We really need to practice pleasure. We need to have that self-pleasure practice. And I think that's the that's how I started to learn Tantra. I'd heard it in my 20s, but I didn't, you know, it was, you know, interesting and I did my experiments and whatever. But life gets on the way. And now I really want to demyth Tantra. And I, I want everybody to re- reclaim what, what it's for them. For me, it's not polyamory. For me, it's not about orgies. For me, it's not about cheating and just mm. trying to be spiritual. For me, it's quite grounded practice. And mm. it's it's fun. It's fun and it's revelatory. It's revolutionary even. And I think it's important to reclaim what mm. really was our birthright. I totally agree. And I'm excited to dive into the thread of Tantra. Before we do, I'd love to know how important do you believe sex is in a happy, fulfilling marriage or long-term relationship? Well, I'm biased. I didn't have it. So yeah, I definitely, I mean, obviously I did have three children, so I didn't, must have had it at one point. But no, I think, and I don't know, I've always been on this spiritual and self-development journey ever since I was in my teenage years. And I've had lots of interesting phenomena and experiences. In those days when I was still in politics, I channeled my sexual energy into spiritual energy. And I Mm -hmm. think that gave me, without me realizing, a a lot of magnetism and charisma. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's what, because people used to say that, oh, I have no idea what you're saying, but it's absolutely amazing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just feel so good around it. So I understand that there's a lot of energy phenomena there when you abstain. But it didn't do good for our marriage. It didn't do good for myself. And I think there needs to be a balance. I mean, some people are asexual. Some people have less sex and they still have a connection. And like me, I'm very energetic in my erotic blueprint. So I can have Mm. energy orgasms with somebody who's thousands of miles away and doesn't even, I don't touch myself. They don't necessarily touch themselves, but I can just feel their sexual energy. Mm. And and I think that's just something that everybody can learn. So it's just very diverse. And I think that's the thing. We don't understand really the true potential of sexual energy. Because mm. I believe it's our creative energy, obviously, because we all have been created through sex. Yeah. And, and we can channel that into creative pursuits. We can create lots of masterpieces, whatever. But it's also our spiritual mm. uh, energy. We know that from Tantra, 5,000 years ago, it was created for people who wanted enlightenment but couldn't just go into a monastery or ashram and and, and meditate forever. Mm. It's for ordinary people like you and I who have businesses, who have responsibilities in the real world. And I think that's beautiful. Mm, I do too. So give us a little overview. What is Tantra? Like dumb it down for us for people who (laughs) have never heard of Tantra. So I know people listening to this will be like, I've heard of it, but they have misconceptions around what it is, or they think it's some woo or something that like sex obsessed people are into. So what is Tantra? That's a very good question. And I I do have a podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. And I think the first episode is kind of what is Tantra? And I mumble and then I say, actually, I have no clue. It could be this, it could be that, it would be this, and then in the end, I have no idea. It feels to me that more I dive into, less I know. Mm. But the way I've explained it is that it's a very holistic system where it's like an inner technology where we can use our bodies, our body-mind to actually channel our energies in a way we want. So we can use sexual energy to actually create whatever we want, as I said earlier. But, but it's also to heal 
it's to to have more beautiful relationships it's to to have to use holistic tantric sex tools such as intention and focus and presence and breathing and movement and energy you can really tap into something which is very powerful which is your body so it's you know in tantra we believe that this body is real this world is real so it's not about just meditate and transcend this is illusion this is a dream it's not tantra believes and this is where it differs from yoga even though the otherwise with hatha yoga for instance the philosophy is very similar but tantra believes that this is real and we are here for a purpose and let's make it as joyful as possible it's not we're not supposed to suffer and have pain it's just that spiritual, sexual, spiritual development that we can do. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm weaving lots of things into it. And in, in Sanskrit, it, it means weaving. And mm. it has that kind of idea that you weave your sexuality, your, your, your body, your mind, all that into it. But for me, it's much more than sex. And Neo-Tantra, which came to the West from Asia in the 60s, 70s, is very much sexualized and it, mm. the sex became norm. And if you look at porn and put tantra in there, it's all this very sensual massage. And it's just not that on mm. its own. It's so much more. And it's a way of life for me, definitely. Mm. So how do you personally interact with tantra? Like, how do you practice it in your own daily life? Is that with self? Are you practicing Tantra? Is this like a solo thing you can do? Or do you do this with other people? What's your own, if you're open to sharing, your own sort of personal interaction with Tantra? Well, I think I've always been very fascinated by sex. So for me, it's also about sex. I'm not trying to say it's not. So yes, I use ancient Taoist practice called jade egg or yoni egg, which is very healing. It's very pleasurable practice for women. But I also practice the philosophy, which is very much about being one with everything that, and everything has consciousness. Those are the kind of two major things that there is something with you and I, for instance, that connects us. And that's the consciousness. And we can be one with everything, you know, whether it's a tree, whether... So we, we bring the kind of little bit of like Zen Buddhism into it as well, because that's one of the things where... Some of the areas where, where Tantra flourished, not just India and China, but also in Tibet and Kashmir, even Japan. So there are lots of different schools of thought of Tantra from past two to, to 5,000 years. And it's something that for me, I'm just, it's like a mindfulness practice, I suppose would be the Western word for it. And I use the tools I said, you know, like breath work, movement, energy. I just practice very mindfully that I have good energy and I take responsibility of the energy that I possess when I come to any table, to any setting. I take responsibility for my own happiness. I take responsibility for my own sexuality and pleasure as well. So it's not me to outsource to anybody else. But of course, we can practice with a partner. And there are people who do have uh, tantric practices in polyamory settings or even orchards, but I'm, I, that's just something that I don't personally practice. For me, it's, a, it's an individual practice and in a relationship. Mm. So how can people start to get into this world of tantra? Like where would be the basics 
this most simple practice for people as individual women? And then if they wanted to bring that into a relationship, what's the first, is there a step-by-step process? Like where do you typically guide people to start? That's a beautiful question. I would always take the initiative from the person, the, the woman herself, you know, what is most uppermost for her. I think it's, especially as women, we need to really accept ourselves. Mm. And it's just looking at that. You've been giving this beautiful body. What do you love about your body? What do you love about yourself? What do you love about your vulva, your vagina? And those are the things that we don't, we're not taught. We're not taught to explore. For us, it's like a Barbie with nothing in there. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, you don't see even a hole. And yet, if you think about it, our clitoris has been made purely for pleasure. It's got 10,000 nerve endings, 10,000 based on the latest research. And uh, penis, the head of penis has 4,000. Not that there is a comparison. It just puts it, and penis is a, may I add, penis is a multitasking organ. It's true. So there is a lot that we are not told and taught. And therefore, when if we talk about tantric sex, it's very important to start with that reclamation that Mm. you are beautiful you're not broken you're whole and you're perfect as you are whatever Mm. you've gone through you always have you know yes you have this body and mind but you also are beautiful consciousness and and I think that's a that's very liberating Mm -hmm. and then when you can learn to really just accept your pussy as it is as she is and Mm. see divinity in there and sacredness in there and that your body is truly a temple and you honor it, you really are mindful what you put in it, whether it's your mouth or your pussy or whatever orifice, you be mindful what you put in there and how and when. So you're really listening and tuning in. What feels most loving and kind and nourishing and pleasurable for me right now? Mm, And I know it's very difficult for women. It's very difficult. Not being taught that approach (laughs) to our bodies to pleasure, to sex. Yeah, but also not, we've been told that it's dirty, sinful, something in the shadows, or we shouldn't be enjoying ourselves. Mm. I mean, it's just a, it's just a lot of, you know, taboos and conditionings yeah. that need to be dismantled first. A hundred percent. I totally agree. And I, resonate with that approach for women have to go on this journey themselves of reclaiming their pussy and their pleasure and their power. And the next step after that, if they're in a relationship and they're desiring more from that relationship in terms of intimacy, depth, connection, then I think it's really powerful for them to do that self journey and then invite their partner into the depth with them. So I'd love to know something that you talk about is this difference between physical sex and more of a sacred conscious type sex. And I'm really excited to talk about this because most people don't know that there's different kinds of sex. I think most of society are practicing this physical act. So can you talk a little bit about the difference and then we'll dive into conscious and sacred type of sex. So what is physical sex? Are there different types of sex? Share a little bit around this. Oh, <laughs> what a question. <laughs> I suppose we have a very masculine way of looking at sex in the Western world. It's very much about the arousal, the climax and rest and relaxation. So it's like a pull that peak and then it's gone. 
And yet, as women, we we really pleasurable creatures. We are we've we've been created for pleasure creation. We just talked about the clitoris, and obviously, we give birth, we create life, we have so much energy in our bodies, and and yet. We don't know how to use it and we, we can very easily feel that, okay, it's boring. It's always the same as described earlier, you know, that it's that, that peak experience. And yet we can have multiple orgasms. We can be in a pleasure state for a long time. There can be just waves after waves and it doesn't have to be like that. It can be, it, it, you know, it can just transform into so many different ways when we are allowed to take the goal of having an orgasm and a particular type of an orgasm away. When we have that liberation that we can just enjoy pleasure, what is pleasurable for me? And some, you know, it's just like even touching, you know, if, you know, lots, there's a lot of grapping and there's a lot of slapping and there's a lot of, you know, spanking and there's a lot of hair pulling if you watch any typical porn. And it, it, most women don't like that, but they think this is it. This is mm. what we need to be doing. And there's a lot of acting and performance and faking. And when you think about it, who does it serve? Statistics tell us that women fake an orgasm because first, they want to please the man. They don't want to hurt his ego. They want to get it over and done with so that they can do something which is more pleasurable for them. I mean, there's millions of reasons. And it's so sad. If you think about it as a, on the relationship point of view, what partner would want that? Honestly, it's not serving anybody. And then you lack intimacy, you lack uh, connection. And then the love starts eroding and, and the pleasure just fades away. So when we can really be in that pleasurable moment and really explore and be curious, why can't we just be more playful about sex and just be curious what really feels good for me? So just think about the touch. So it can be just really that very sexual touch, a little bit of breast nibble biting or whatever stimulation and a little bit of yeah so we all know what that means but then you can also feel do I actually want more sensual touch which is just like what would that like tantra's portrait in a porn industry so maybe that's more like it or is it something that actually I like more stronger deeper muscle touch or do I actually like touching just above my hand. Is that something that, can you feel the electricity? Can you feel the sexual energy even without touching? And I realize that I, I feel that a lot. Mm. You know, I can actually feel if there is sexual energy in the room and, or as I said earlier on, further away. And I don't know when that happened. I don't know why that happened, but I just started to feel people. So my sexuality is very energetic. And I don't even need to touch myself to actually have a utmost beautiful orgasms. So wow. it's, it can be anything from there. But again, you need to know the holistic sex tools. You need to know how to use your breath. How do you use your movement? How do you use your sounding? How do you use your focus? Where do you put your mind into? And what do you do with that energy? I oh. love this because I think people don't even realize that they can go back to the basics, right, of let me explore with myself and with another person, whether that's your partner or your lover, how we like to touch one another. There's so many assumptions of women are touched in this way, but actually it's so individual. And so I think this is empowering for people to even learn going back to those basics that you have to really get to know yourself and each other. 
and it starts yeah. with it starts outside of sex so it's not like how does your clit like to be rubbed it's like how does your arm like to be touched <laughs> how does your hair want to be felt you know what I mean but people go straight into the sexual and they're missing it and I think that's why it's become why it is so physical so what does it look like or what is the experience when people are moving from this physical act where as you so rightly share that most okay maybe not most but a high majority of women are not truly enjoying or desiring or craving or getting pleasure from, unfortunately, how can people move from that to, and what does it look like to have more of a sacred sex experience? It really has to start with communication, conscious communication. Mm -hmm. It's really about having that kind of connection through talking things first. And there are different ways of setting up that container, which doesn't come from uh, criticism or blame or it's just something that is shared and it can be then, yeah, that, and there are lots of different ways you can approach. You can have questionnaires and you can have wish lists and you can see what where you both come together in a similar way. What would you really want from sex life and so on? But it's really about the conscious communication and talking about... One of the things is that because we're faking, humankind fakes too much about happiness, it fakes too much about orgasms and everything is okay. That's very much ingrained in Western cultures. There is no space for vulnerability and vulnerability is the most sexiest thing there can be. I mean, any man who can see that woman is truly being her authentic self and doesn't try to put facade and being in control and trying to will say that's one of the most beautiful things they've seen. Actually, most beautiful when you've been crying and you're just relaxing and letting it go or you're laughing, you're enjoying so much that you nearly wee yourself. And women, they say that, that a man who's 100% present in the moment with, with, within their body it's the sexiest of all. So a man doesn't need to think about performance, doesn't need to be anxious. Does she like this or does she not? So if we can take all those away and really get naked symbolically as well, mm. to, to really peel off those cultural layers and what we've dislearn, what we've learned about sex and really get curious and vulnerable and playful and just let's see, let's see what happens I think that's a very good place to start, but it is difficult. I'm, I'm not kidding anybody there, but it's not that easy. And if you can have a nice pathway where you start doing these things, maybe under coaching or maybe on a course or maybe going on a retreat where you're guided in that container, it's easier, definitely. Mm. But yeah, there's millions of books. There's lots of um, online content. Yeah. So just don't go on a porn site to look for Tantra because <laughs> that can be a bit misleading. <laughs> Definitely well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, somebody might like it or whatever rocks a boat. But the whole idea, as I said earlier, Tantra is an inner technology. So, so you, you find the pleasure within. It's mm. not something that is out there and you need to get stimulus from your visuals, but actually what feels good. Mm. Be more, feel more. Yeah, do I don't. And I don't think that porn is really helpful. It's not educating people. People aren't leaving an experience watching or consuming porn. Wow, I really learned something empowering from this experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it is. So I think in this context, leaving it to the side is probably in the relation of this topic is going to be helpful. <laughs> Although there is different porn, I think porn's becoming a lot more ethical and empowering and women are 
starting to they are, they're often up behind a paywall so how many people actually do that i don't know yeah and to be true. honest i think there is there is lots to be said when in the olden days there were porn magazines and stories and books mm. and novels because now it's all it seems to be reduced to body parts there's no mm. tantalization there's no they obviously say that yeah it's a women's thing to have a uh, harlequin novel or something where it's a romantic story but actually there is lots to be said that your mind is your biggest sex organ. Mm. Don't you agree? I do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why we're seeing the rise now of smut books and erotic stories and different subscriptions yeah. that women are getting into because they get to allow their imagination to go wild. And it's an empowering way of playing with fantasy and letting themselves connect with their own turn on through these different forms because the traditional porn is just not is not it and not helpful. So it's cool to see women reclaiming more and it's becoming more mainstream now with social media that women are seeing, oh, it's actually okay to engage in these forms of literature or audio stories because yeah. I think that does help with the reclaiming. So I'm all for, I'm all for that, which I love. And don't forget that even in, in sex, sexology, in sexual education now and research, they found that we have different brakes and accelerators. Yeah. So people can have, and it's not gender-based. So you need to really understand what turns you on and what puts brakes on your turn on. So that's very important in terms of understanding what, what really makes you tick. And often there, is a, there are issues of safety and issues of belonging and not being criticized and and that's one of the things the other thing is that also because of you know the the yin and yang of energy yeah yeah yep. so the, the it's kind of wrongly in my opinion said masculine feminine energy but we anybody regardless what gender you were born or if you are if you're non-gendered body and so on Everybody has a different energy in their inner technology system. And this is what I refer in Tantra, that we need to learn whether my pussy and somebody's cock, for instance, are opposite or not. That's where the opposite attracts comes from. Yeah. So pussy is very much yin energy, which needs a lot of, it's watery. So it requires a lot of heating up. Water yeah. boils very slowly. Mm -hmm. Whereas cock is very much a yang, yang energy. So it's fiery. It can be turned on immediately. So there's, there is that kind of mismatch in a way, mm. but opposite attracts. So of course, men can be immediately sexually turned on, but pussy on people, it takes them much longer. It can take 45 minutes for a woman to orgasm, actually. Yeah. And we know how quickly men can come. <laughs> Sorry, no, no disrespect. But, <laughs> but then with the heart space, it's opposite. Women's breast area is very young, so the love is very available very quickly and, and talking about emotions and being emotional, it's very easy for women to, to get that, that way turned on emotionally. Mm. And men, on the other hand, they cross their figurative legs over their chests because th their chest space is very, their heart space is very yin and they need to be feeling safe before they open their hearts. But mm. it's easier for them to go into sex yeah. And then open their heart. And I just had recently, can I share a story? Yeah, please. There was a very interesting discussion we had the, a few weeks ago here. And, and there was somebody who was saying that there was a couple, an example. They were telling a story of an example of a couple. There's a man who was cheating the woman. 
having sex with multiple other women. And the woman in the partnership, she had been texting with another guy and kissed the other guy, but didn't have sex, but was flirting and just mm. what just one guy. And this man in the partnership got really upset and jealous, saying, I can't believe you're flirting with him and I can't believe you kissed him and how dare you. This is, you know, I'm having it. I'm have, I've had enough, blah, blah, blah. And they nearly split up. And she was obviously pleading, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have done it and blah, blah, blah. But then after some weeks, this guy then realized, well, yeah, actually, I did cheat as well. You know, don't feel so bad. So what do you mean? Yeah, I, I had sex with three women three women individually, you know, not as a, as a foursome, but three individually. And said, what? You had sex? You know, that's worse than me kissing this guy. I don't know. The man thought that it was worse because she actually gave her heart. She was mm. flirting. She was kissing and she was fantasizing about him and she was thinking about him. And she thought that he did worse mm. because he actually had sex. And she said, I can't believe you actually had sex with them. And he said, I can't believe you were flirting and kissing him. Mm. So can you see the mismatch of, you yeah. know, for, for a man in that particular case, it was worse that the woman had opened her heart because he would never have opened heart to these three women that he had casual sex with. Full for the story. woman, yeah, and the woman said, you had sex. This is yeah. it. Yeah. You're done. It's such a great reminder for women that sex is such a sacred act and for men, they don't often see it that way, especially they can have sex in a very disconnected way. And women fall in love through sex. Women Absolutely. are finding that connection and feeling that closeness. So it's such a great story to illustrate the differences between men and women and the act of sex. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's really powerful. I love the, how you shared as well that pussy is water and cock is fire that's such a great visual to have for people or women to have in their mind as well and that permission that we're not supposed to go straight into the physical act of sex like we're missing out on so much when we're doing that and just if you're putting a pan of water on the grill top or whatever it's called the cooktop you're not going to have it boiling in 30 seconds it's going to take <laughs> a little bit of time no I just think how long it takes to scratch matches or you know or yeah put a, you know fire on so it's it is a good example that is a really good example yeah so going back to the piece around conscious communication do you have any insights or tips for people how do you start that because I feel like the opening hmm. for people is so terrifying of how do I approach this conversation with my partner do you mean in context of sex or just generally in, in terms of if there's somebody who if there's a woman who has perhaps maybe been a little bit performative or faking orgasms or not really receiving as much pleasure pleasure as she would like or she's just not interested you know I think a lot of women are not really enjoying the sex that they're having and maybe listening to this podcast, she's, oh, there's more. And I want to explore that. <laughs> yeah. Where would you, like, where do you even begin in trying to enroll your partner into the discussion that let's explore different ways of interacting and maybe start exploring Tantra or the energetics that can. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just said it. I mean, it's just that it's, it's not to criticize or judge or, or imply that there hasn't been a good sex. You can approach it by saying that we've had amazing sex and I really would like us to evolve and do things more sexually diverse way. And how about edging, for instance, because that, that will help men to 
to calm down. So you go into, if you think about zero to 10 and 10 is the ejaculation and zero is no turn on at all. By the time they get to eight, it's a nine. It's kind of time to to have a, a relaxation period where you just a cool down in a way because the fire is burning too fast and you can use the holistic sex tools um, breathing and movement and sounding and all those things can help and especially energy circulation can help to cool things down um, and it's just something that I think men might have even heard through porn what is edging and they have some kind of a concept and that's very much about tantric sex as well is where you can really be in the moment and you can not control, but flow with the yin and yang. So if you go really fast, woman, you're breathing very fast, you're kicking your yang energy and you're kicking your sympathetic nervous system into place. So that's the usual way because your body has learned this is how we wank, this is how we fuck, and this is the model. And actually, let's try something different. Let's try the yin energy, which is very much about being in rest and relaxation uh, parasympathetic nervous system response, which is more about maybe sensuality, maybe feeling into the other person's energy, maybe doing some eye gazing, which can be extremely vulnerable, but so sexy. Mm. And breathing together in sync, sync your breathing and breathing in and out and just holding each other and allowing to, focusing on your genitals and allowing to feel the, feel the sexual energy to turn on. And again, you can still have sex with a non-erect penis. Mm. It's absolutely beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful tantric experiences is to actually have what I call lazy sex. Mm. Can you talk it, about it, that a little bit? Yeah. So for instance, I mean, it's not just for hangover mornings, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it's gone gone down the grapevines is, is that... That's what happens when you don't really feel that energetic, but you feel like you would like to have sex. And, and why not make it a conscious decision that let's, let's have a sex date night tonight and, and let's meet each other and just be with each other and start touching. Maybe you can bring some oils, maybe you can massage oils, or maybe you can just do some sensual you can bring like scarves or you can bring feathers or you can bring a, a, a fork or whatever feels stimulates the touch. Or if you want, you can do a play fight. That's mm -hmm. really much in this realm as well is to have some fun. Just mm -hmm. take a couple of pillows and start bashing each other just as like kids and see where that takes you. And it can be really good release and liberative act. But if we go into the lazy sex, it's very much about then having an intercourse with a non-erect erect, um, penis, which is really quite lovely. And obviously you need to be lubricated. So using lube or organic coconut oil so that there, there is no friction because you don't ever want friction in, in inside vagina. So I always use lubrication even with an erect penis. But this is something that you can do when you are lying down you can just a woman can be on on her back and men can be on her on his side and you can just feel how can you see yourselves in a position where the, the penis can go in and just use your inner muscles if you're a woman how can you use your pelvic cloth muscles to massage giving a hand job while the penis is inside you and really start learning. And there the JDEC practice comes in again. As I said earlier, I mentioned that. It's really to heal the, 
<laughs> the cobwebs from your pussy <laughs> and learn to isolate different muscles so that you can really start feeling the pleasure again and heal the numbness perhaps that's been there and and most likely before you know that penis will have grown and even if it doesn't it's still a beautiful practice and there's no need to have in, have an orgasm or ejaculation just wow. having that connection i love that and that sounds really cool i've never heard anybody talk about this before imagine that you're giving a hand massage but you're using your vagina muscles that is so cool (laughs) and yeah I can totally I need to try that I need to try that out because when you use the yoni egg you can start to really connect with those different muscles right and move the egg up and down so that's such a cool idea and I think giving men and women permission that you don't have to only have sex with a rock solid penis, you can also have a different kind of sex and how beautiful and slow and soft and, and connective is that going to be? Thank you for sharing that. Oh, pleasure. Made this <laughs> I'll, rep- I'll report back. Um, yes, please. Well, need to find a partner first too. <laughs> <laughs> Just practice with the only Is that an advertisement? Is that an advertiser? Applications are now open. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you never know. You just got to put out there. <laughs> partner. Yeah, for some lazy sex. I I love this. This is. <laughs> I told you, blunt by name, not by nature. One hundred percent. Oh my god, that's epic. Need to cut that clip and post that on Instagram. DMs are open. No, I'm totally joking. Um, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. (laughs) I would love to ask you about tantric kissing. I saw you sharing about this on your Instagram. What is tantric kissing? Oh, well, wow. Again, perhaps because I'm more energetically turned on person, I can feel eroticism in any energy, really. I can really feel that there's creative energy in the world everywhere. And kissing is something that Again, if we take in the yin and yang, so normally when we kiss, it's very, it can be very hot. And more you have tongue involvement, more yang it becomes, more hot, more fire. So actually tantric kissing as such doesn't involve tongue. So it's just mm-hmm. keep your tongue inside and you're just really feeling, just about touching and just really feeling the the, the, the other person's cheek or the lips and just really playing and building that energy, building that sexual tension. And, and <laughs> it can go on for hours. I've actually once been standing in Soho on a street corner in the middle of the night, kissing for two hours in, in the bleak Mintus night. And, and yeah, wow. completely oblivious what was going around. And it was the most sexiest thing ever. And, wow, and it was just unbelievably hot, but it was very conscious. It wasn't kind of, it wasn't like mm. eating your eating the other's tongues, but it was really very. I suppose it could be essential as well, but mm. for me, it was definitely very energizing. It, the, the sexual energy uh, was building up uh, hugely, and I was buzzing for weeks after that. Wow! So to clarify, this kissing is not the full tongue action where it's hot and heavy and there's like tongues rolling around this is it more just with the lips or is it more of a still kiss and you're just using energy or are you moving your lips 
around and using your tongue to explore different parts of their mouth. Give me the specifics here. Because <laughs> I'm like, how are you doing this for two hours? I was going to say that for two hours, I don't think I was just standing there. I'm just kind of, you know, <laughs> two, two millimeters away off somebody's lips. I don't think that's how it happened. But I mean, when you are in an experience, you really, you are, and this is what's very tantric as well is that you are the experience itself. You become the experience itself. So I became with this guy, the kiss. So it's very much about being in the experience. And then every now and then I was also being very conscious that I'm also the kisser. So I'm the subject here. So I'm also consciously, oh, am I going to bite a little bit here? You know, just a little bit. And it's that kind of, oh, what feels good to me now? What feels most pleasurable for me now? And it's really having that, being aware of what's happening. So it's also that consciousness. So in Tantra, it's about being a consciousness. So you're being aware that you're aware. Mm. That, that's the first step in, in enlightenment, for instance, that you become aware that you're aware. But also, we are humans. We are not just spirits. We're not just souls. So we are humans. So we have that subject i'm a subject i'm the subject of my own kissing i'm a subject of my own life my own pleasure so i'm the experience but i'm also the, the experience and i think when you truly are fully 100 percent present in your body and and you are in the moment you just you get drowned in that experience and it's just mm. that's why it, it, it is funny still we talk about sometimes and, and it, it is funny how people were walking past and for, would you like some drugs or whatever? <laughs> would you like an Airbnb? <laughs> no, thanks. We're quite fine here. <laughs> Adding this to the 2024 wish list. Two hours of tantric kissing where I got so lost in the experience that I'm just standing <laughs> in, in the street corner. I'm literally going to add that one. <laughs> <laughs> to my 2024 bucket list okay so here you go your mr tantric sex applicant tantric sex lazy sex tantric kissing in the street corner of a city somewhere in the middle of the january night <laughs> exactly we're getting a list here so whoever wants to submit their application bucket list. <laughs> and the last thing i'm going to add to that to the list and and this is kind of a way that i explain it for let's say to muggles like people who don't understand all don't understand these concepts yet the way I explain my desire for the kind of sex I want is I say I really am desiring alien sex I don't want physical sex I desire a sex imagine the kind of sex that aliens would have because everyone understands the concept behind aliens it would be so energetic like they probably wouldn't even be touching it would be intellectual it would be energy it would be this connection but wild like high vibrational that's what I desire. So we'll add that mm. to the application too. Yeah, yeah, may it all come true. <laughs> and more. more. Oh man. Also, I like the idea about aliens because if they came, if you were like an anthropologist, uh, I can't pronounce that word, anthropo anthropology, anthropology, anthropology. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one I never can pronounce. So anyway, so if you went somewhere like an alien and you, you saw people having sex or, or you met somebody and you were supposed to have sex, it's kind of, you don't have a concept. You don't know what this is. You don't understand what's happening. So kind of bringing that curiosity, bringing that childlike playfulness and exploration, I think that's really beautiful and we've lost all that. Hmm. Yeah, so it's just kind of, oh, do you like if I touch you like this? Or do you like if I do this? Or what would feel most pleasurable to you now? 
am I touching you too hard? Is it too fast? Is it too soft? Is it too slow? And just checking, just going back to the conscious communication, just check, ask, mm. ask. Yeah, it's quite and simple, really. you will really. be receiving. <laughs> yeah. And I think people don't also realize that permission that it's going to change. Every time you're having sex, you might want something different. It might feel different. Absolutely. You might have different desires. Absolutely. So that's why it's really important to constantly communicate and never make assumptions. Yes. And I suppose on your wish list as well, it has to be an open-minded guy, somebody who is not kind of, okay, I cracked it. She likes this every time the same old set. She liked this once. No, hang on. I might've liked it a week ago or yesterday or just two hours ago, but now is now. What do I like now? And women be empowered in that. Just your whole energy is fluid. You're flowing with the energy as a female body you are there to just be present and and just flow and Mm. what is pleasurable to you it's not just about service to others it's also service to yourself and you know like in in religion they always say things like oh you need to love the others as you love yourself but that means that you actually love yourself first Mm. yeah so if you love somebody you need to love yourself equally as much if you want somebody to have pleasure you need to have equally as much pleasure you need to know what's pleasurable to you before you can give it to others and never outsource your pleasure I've had I've had coaching clients who say that even in their later 30s they've never self-pleasured because they always thought that the men know better yeah and and it's their responsibility to pleasure me and give me an orgasm and I said poof poor guys it's a lot of pressure isn't it and I, I'm a men's sexuality coach as well as tantra coach. I do see men who are very wow. conscious and beautiful souls who really want to serve their women and they don't wow. know how. It's yeah. kind of, this doesn't work. Our sex doesn't work. Why is that? So everything we just discussed needs to be taught to men. Mm. And they need to really, because they truly want to be good lovers. They truly yeah. do. Yeah, they just don't know. And it is the Ooh. woman's responsibility to be a master of her own body self-source her own pleasure and then take that into a relationship and I think it's transformational for both parties involved in that so Mm. women go touch yourself go pleasure yourself get used to exploring your own body and your own pleasure and life really does change it takes a different route when you are really deeply connected to your own pleasure I see that all the time with the women that I work with yeah it changes when you know that you have this infinite supply of pleasure that you can tap into even in the deepest and the darkest mo- moments of your life that's always there for you to support you and to nourish you so I love this amazing well I've loved this conversation so much I could keep going all day I have three <laughs> too, questions yeah. I'm gonna this is like kissing in the Soho <laughs> for hours and hours we can just be in this experience and really enjoy each other's <laughs> company and, and just flow with this discussion where do we go next and oh this is interesting rapid hole shall we just go there (laughs) and we're only in yeah we're in the foreplay we're in the like the energetic touch the tantric kissing portion (laughs) we could go keep going deeper and deeper (laughs) this isn't even scratching this no tongues though because that will finish them off too quickly (laughs) oh my god i love it so much so to kind of cap this i have questions i'm going to ask you that i ask all of my guests right to cap this off What would you want to say to put a bow on this conversation? What do you want to leave people with? I want people to have more pleasure. If this world, again, going back to my politician years, to save this planet for my children, 
that's still my mission. And I realized that if we had more pleasure, positive and happy people, we wouldn't have wars. We wouldn't have raping the planet. We would just, people would be, it's that idea that if we took away all these conditionings and myths and taboos and sins and dirtiness and all that and brought sex and sexuality into light from the shadows and really celebrated it, really said, yeah, great. What You had 10 orgasms today. Excellent. Fantastic. Oh, you just had pleasure, pleasurable kiss for two hours on the street mm. corner. Fantastic. Oh, you just ate that chocolate. It took you like half an hour to eat that chocolate and you really did it in a tantric way and you really were in your five senses reality. You were really smelling it. You were really tasting it. You were really seeing its beautiful velvetis. Mm. All this can be done. Everything can be done in a tantric way. And it's just bringing that mind, mindfulness and presence into things and consciousness. And I think, yeah, if we had more pleasure, positive people, the world would be okay. Powerful. And I had goosebumps as you were sharing the fact that your mission is still the same when you were in politics as it is now as a tantric sex and relationship coach. It's just the way that you are going about that mission is very different. <laughs> But the fact that it's the same is incredible. Wow. Well, if you think about it, I realized because of my burnout, I realized that I can't change the world. Mm. It's beyond my control. I just, I can't take responsibility for the whole fucking world. End of story. And the second thing is that I can't change anybody else. There's no way. And this is where women go wrong. Often it's women who try to change the men because mm. we have that open yang energy in our heart space. We know exactly what to say and do and how to feel and how things and also our third eye mm. is yang so we also have the insights and intuition very quick and sharp so I, I realize we can't change anybody else and the only thing I can do is to heal myself and have more pleasure in myself and when I'm happy other people around me are happy and more we can have that ripple effect the happier wow. the world will become powerful making a note of that one that was a perfect way to cap this off and permission slip for women to focus on that with themselves so I would love to know what is something that you are celebrating right now in your life oh I'm celebrating really big time that I'm going to I live in France now I I'm going to co-host a tantric retreat in April Wow. And it's also going to be repeated in October. And it's going to be in a beautiful French, elegant chateau. And uh, in the middle of Bordeaux vineyards and, and orchards and, and walnut groves. And it's, it's something that has been a dream of mine so long. Because obviously I graduated during COVID mm. and started doing online coaching. And it's not the same. Yeah. I'm a podcaster. It's not the same as being in front of people, actually seeing, feeling the energy. And as a breath worker, I'm a certified breath coach as well. I can help people to really, I can see how breath can help couples. So it's a, a tantric retreat for beginners, couples. And it's only three days long, so it's not going to take, you don't need to go to the jungles of the other side of the world for 10 days or whatever. It's just something I'm celebrating, co-creating at the moment. And it's mm. it just makes me so happy. It's just, I said, oh, I could really show people how this is done. Wow. I'm celebrating that for you as well. And I'm also celebrating the people who are going to get to experience your magic because 
wow, like how powerful is that for people to get to go away for a few days and practice a different way of being and then take that back into their everyday life. That's going to be incredible. So we'll definitely add the links to the show notes so people can check out your amazing creation. That's really exciting. What is something that is bringing you pleasure right now? Oof. Oof. Uh, It was so bloody cold here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If there was a sauna being finished, I really would like to have a sauna, but there isn't a sauna. Oh, what's bringing me pleasure right now? I think it's because it's Christmas time. It's starting Mm -hmm. to become Christmas and the chateau where I live, we are decorating it at the moment. So there's Christmas trees and baubles and and there's a live singer who comes and sings, practices her songs. And you just go downstairs in the reception rooms and there's live music going on and people are busy building the Christmas magic here. It's it's really beautiful. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that gives me a lot of pleasure that I have an opportunity to, to celebrate Christmas here. That sounds magical. I absolutely love that. And the final question is, if there were one thing that you could choose that everybody on the planet could experience, what would that one thing be? Pleasure. Of course, pleasure. Of course. (laughs) Whatever it looks like to them. What is the most pleasurable for me right now? What is the most loving for me right now? What is the most kind thing for me right now? Mm-hmm. It's just going in and in and really digging deep. What makes me happy? What makes me feel more pleasurable? What makes me feel more peaceful? Love that. Great questions to cap this up off with. I think people should write those questions down in their notes or in their journal and really take a couple of moments to consider and act on those desires that come through of what what is going to bring you pleasure in this moment. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. This has been such a good conversation. Oh my gosh. I have loved it. Let people know where they can find and connect with you. Um, I'm always happy to hear from people. So either email Anne with an E at selfishlyhappyyou.com or you can find me on social media as Selfishly Happy with Anne Bland. Mm, Thank you so much. It's been such a good one. Enjoy the rest of your day finding pleasure in whatever way lights you up and thanks again for being here thank you so much my pleasure entirely mm-hmm. <laughs>